across the sky and offerings of praise and worship, but also offerings of, of giving of our finances. And um, we have some opportunities for that this morning. In just a moment, I'll be introducing a Gideon that's going to be sharing with us, Wayne Tiemann, but um, also giving for our tithes and our offerings here at Ten Strike Community Church. And as you know, we put place them in the boxes in the back of the church there. And as we do, we just give them as unto the Lord. And Lord, these are representations. These finances are representations of our lives, of time that we put in these finances. And Lord, we give them as unto you, and we pray that they may stretch us across the sky also to be a, just to glorify you and to bless you. And we thank you for the opportunity to give, that you teach us that. You teach it to us, Lord. And we think of Christmas. We think of the season of giving. And so we thank you for your blessing on our tithes and our offerings as we give them unto you in Jesus' name. Amen. I remember one of the people that really taught me a lot about giving was a Gideon, Al Bontrager. I know Wayne knows Al. Uh, Al, of course, has been promoted. He's in heaven. He's been there now for a while. But uh, he was always such a blessing in this area. He talked about giving. In fact, he talked about sacrificial giving. Sacrificial giving. And I think that's something that we have learned from Gideon's. But uh, Wayne Tiemann, he, uh, I was going to say, ministered with Thrivent. <laughs> and really, it is a ministry. Thrivent is for many years, but now he's retired. He lives in. Bemidji with his wife, what's her name? Lene. Lene. And um, he stopped in about a month ago or so, just when we were having lunch. And so I had lunch with him, and and uh, we talked about we haven't had our, our Gideon speaker yet this year. And so we set it up, and I'm so glad that Wayne was able to come today. And so let's, let's give Wayne... Uh, Ten Strike Community Church greeting as he comes up. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here today and as a representative of the Gideons. As Steve said, I am Wayne Tiemann from Bemidji and I've got a great job. I'm retired now, but that allows me to do opportunities like this, to come into churches and to um, be with you in your, uh, in your service. And we thank you for the blessings that this church has given to uh, through the years. At this point in time, we're going to hear from Michael Williams. I was raised in a nominally Catholic family. Uh, we went to church on Christmas and Easter, and I didn't take anything away from that brief 
flirtation with religion except for the fuzzy idea that there was a God and that I'd have to give an account of my life to him someday. Right out of high school, I went into the Navy. I was assigned to my first seagoing duty station, a ballistic missile submarine. Sailors aren't known for carrying Bibles around. Right then, as I was thinking about the deepest questions of life, one of my crewmates, right then, providentially, held up a little Gideon Testament and said, hey, somebody gave me one of these when we were in port. If anyone wants it, you can have it. Didn't cost me anything. That's exactly what I wanted. I took that little testament and I started reading it and it gripped me. Here was the truth. Here was the meaning and the purpose and the significance and the direction that I was looking for in life. All I had was this Gideon Testament. And I'd come across passages like Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So as I knew how, uh, I prayed, God, this is the life that I want. I believe you've done this for me through your son, Jesus Christ. I, I want this relationship with you. And, you know, all those hundreds and hundreds of feet of seawater and that titanium hull of the submarine were nothing for God's grace. It just penetrated all of that and went right into my heart. So I went on to Bible college and then from there on to seminary. And then from there on to university, and then at the university, I got a call to come and teach Bible at a theological seminary in Michigan, where I've been teaching for 16 years. So you can see what a tremendous impact the Gideons have had on my life, and not just my life, but also in the lives of all the thousands and thousands of people that I get to teach and preach and write and speak to. Uh, about the good news of the saving grace of God through Jesus Christ, the impact of the Gideons just keeps going on and on and on. And this is, and this is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Gideon's International is an association of Christian, business, and professional men. Since 1899, our purpose has been sharing the Word of God with the nations. Today, we're organized in over 200 different countries and territories. We distribute scriptures in over 100 languages. Now, as you probably know, we place Bibles and Testaments in hotels and motels. I travel a lot, and when I do, I have to check into a hotel room. And I kind of have my sequence in order. I always turn on the light after opening the door. I always hang up my clothes in the closet that's provided. And then I check the nightstand. And I have never been disappointed. The Gideons have done their job. There is the Gideon Testament right there. And I have always thought that all the men and women and boys and girls, they all have their chance to be having the Gideon Bible in front of them. Last year, last year, the Gideon Place Bibles, they cost just $5 each. And that would be one of these, $5 each. 
In its lifetime, it can reach more than 2,300 people in a lifetime of six years. What an investment in the Lord. But we place Bibles and New Testament in other places as well, in places like prisons, hospitals, senior living centers, and nursing homes. And we also distribute New Testaments to students in schools and colleges, to prisoners and the police, fire and emergency medical personnel, as well as men and women in our armed forces. We Gideons, we distribute as many Bibles as we can to all people who have challenges, great and small. And we're, we local Gideons, we're members of churches like this, and we participate in the service and the worship, and we feel good about what our efforts are. By God's grace, we placed and distributed almost 92 million scriptures across the world last year. In our local camp, we distributed over 3,000 scriptures and Bibles in various places in Beltrami County. Since our start over 100 years ago, we've placed over 2 billion, that's billion with a B, scriptures and testaments and Bibles across the world. The promise of Isaiah 55:11 is fulfilled, for God's word will not return empty. I'm so pleased to be with you here this morning. And even though we're placing Bibles at a rate of two for every second or every heartbeat, the need is getting greater all the time. So here's how you can help. Number one, pray for us. Pray that we will have open doors like your church here where we can, where we can tell you about what we're trying to accomplish. So number one need is prayer. Pray for us. We want to do a good job. We want to get out the scripture. Since I became a Gideon about 13 years ago, reading the Bible has become a passion. Another passion of mine is the distribution of the word. That is a wonderful thing. And we're having great results with those, on average, 3,000 Bibles being distributed in our area every year. So thank you in advance for your generosity and your support. At the close of the service, we will be having a door offering. I'll be in the back. And uh, if you wish to contribute, God's blessings to you because it is a wonderful thing. From Deuteronomy 6.5, we are to love the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. We need to share the gospel, and that's what we're all about. We want to share the gospel with the thousands and thousands of people around the world. We also open to the uh, people that we speak before, membership. Men and women can become Gideons. Like uh, Pastor Steve said, Al Bontrager, who was a member of this church, was a Gideon. 
He practiced sacrificial offering. It was a, what a generous man. What a great soldier for Christ. So I thank you for this, your kind attention this morning. We'll wrap it up here with a, um, a video, Heartbeat. So thank you for be, letting me be with you today. my job and ended up on the streets. I found it a suitable place for me to hang myself. We found our son had taken his own life on our property. Just as the distribution was ending, someone placed a testament in my outstretched hand. That one testament had a great impact on our lives and our family. This is an opportunity for me to have a New Testament. As I began to read the book of Revelations, I could see how much God loved me. It was like for the first time in my life that, that I really felt acceptance. I'm fixing up this drug, and I see the Gideon's Bible over there. But there was, there was a force compelling me to pick this up. You know, he says he'd take away all the weights and burdens that you have. They were gone. It has given me hope for daily living in the worst circumstances of my life. Then I knew that there was someone who loved me. All I said was, yes, Lord. And, and it was like a, I was born again right there. Once more, thank you so much. God's blessings to all of you. Merry Christmas.
you are making out a check this morning for the Gideons, make it out to the Gideons. Is that right? Just to put the Gideons on it. Not TCC or Ten Strike Community Church will do it directly to the Gideons. And uh, also, if you didn't receive a bulletin type insert when you came in, we'll have those for you at the door back there too. And then Julie has something to share with you here. If any of woo, if you like to write down your thoughts or memories or prayers, I have something for you to write in. So I believe, yeah, that God gave me the idea to just have these printed. There's four different pictures. One of them, Faith Palm took. And another one is of Lake Bemidji. Suzanne Barb Connect took that picture. And there's a few little thoughts of Thanksgiving and words of encouragement from, from the Lord inside. But otherwise, it's just a journal for you to write in. And you can talk to us about like which picture they're not all printed yet. So if anyone's interested, I guess I'll be towards the back. You'll have to give to the Gideons, and then you can check out. <laughs> um, anyway, and $7 we're asking for them. So thank you. Thank you, Julie. Good thing to do with journaling and recording prayers and answers to prayer and those kind of things. Pastor Dean, if you can start coming up this way. Just a few announcements. So mention um, you can share your Christmas baking if you'd like for our morning coffee times before and after service there. If you have questions, talk to Ann Nelson or to Joyce, my wife Joyce. Um, the quilting sale is continuing. If you'd like to purchase a quilt, you can put uh, either the check or the cash. There's a box in the fellowship hall to the right, and you'll find it there by their door for their room. Next Sunday, we'll be having our annual Christmas story, and it's a good one. Uh, actually, Peter did some composition there. I could tell you did some work there, Peter, with that story. It's an old, old story, but Peter has done some work with it, and that'll be next Sunday um, for our Christmas story. So, also, we want to remember before we go to Pastor Dean for a message this morning, um, Mark and Sue Van Tassel are on their way to the cities to be with uh, Eric and Lindsay. Lindsay is going to be having a little one Jude by Caesarean section tomorrow morning. And uh, we're, God has just done a, a really great work already in little Jude in her womb from things that they had found that weren't right, at least initially. But let's just lift up Mark too, but especially Lindsay and Jude, the baby, and then Eric. Lord, we do lift them before you. And we just ask for, well, we thank you for the peace that passes understanding that has been there in their lives. And Lord, we just thank you for your hand upon Jude and Lindsay and Eric and the whole family there tomorrow morning. 
as that C-section is performed and Jude, Jude comes forth into this, into this world and is born. Your covering and protection in Jesus' name. You know, Chantel, I'd like to, Kent and Chantel have a need for some more help there. Can you share, I'd like the whole congregation to pray about that with you. Can you share specifically what your need is? Sure. Um, We're kind of at the end of our deadline that we gave our nursing agency and the county. Um, We are really short-staffed with nurses. We have one night nurse right now, and she does about three nights a week. And we are low on, you know, we're down on our PCA staff as well. But um, I work, I stay up probably six nights a week, and I'm in bed one night a week. And like last night was a really rough night. Vivian was up from um, 11 to 4.30, and then this morning she's not able to hold her oxygen Ashley and Kent are at home with her, and we're just kind of waiting for the call if we need to leave. But um, we're tired. Kent and I are very tired. Um, so we, we gave the county to the end of this month. And if we don't get coverage, then Vivian has to move out. And we're supposed to be adopting her. So my heart can't handle another loss right now, but I'm just believing that God is going to come through. Abby, would you come up here and just lead us in a prayer? And anybody else that wants to form a little circle around here, just come on up here. We'll have Abby lead us. Just for those workers and for Father, I just thank you for Kent and Chantel. I thank you for their hearts. I just thank you, Lord, um, for the little ones that you've placed in their lives. And um, Father, you know the situation, and we just ask for your, we just ask for your favor, Father God, um, in Jesus' name, that you would provide the staff that they need, um, people that would be would just come and be looking for those hours and um, would be able to fill fill that need um, during the nights, during the day. Um, the PCA staff, the night nurses, Father God, we just thank you that you're going to provide for them. In Jesus' name. Father, I just ask for peace and rest for Kent and Chantel right now, Lord. I ask that you would just, um, just embrace them in your loving arms, Father God, and Jesus, I just thank you that you are with them. And Lord, we just um, lift up Vivian before you right now, Father God. I ask that um, she would be able to hold in her oxygen, Father God, and that you would just um, place your hand upon her right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And everyone in agreement said, Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor Dean, we'll turn it over to you here. Good morning. Hallelujah. 
Let's just read a scripture this morning, John 14, 16, and 17. I just want to talk a little bit about the glory of the Holy Spirit, his faithfulness and his uh, desire to come and work in us, through us, and to represent the kingdom in our attitudes and in our purposes. But John 14, 16, I will ask the Father, this is what Jesus said, and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. What a marvelous declaration of truth. The Holy Spirit is with us. The Holy Spirit is in us. I want to talk about the glory of the Lord and just give some testimonies of what I've seen over 40 years of ministry. And, you know, when we talk about some of the things that God does, some are more spectacular and some don't seem to be spectacular, but yet they minister to a need. And so it's not a comparison, well, my answer to prayer is better than yours or bigger than yours. Or, that's not the point. The point is that God is breaking through into the lives of people to bring about change, transformation, help. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So as we talk about some of these things, let's allow the Holy Spirit to raise our expectancy for visitation, to raise our desire to call upon him to move corporately, but then also through us as we go out living every day for him. Hallelujah. In Galatians 3, verse 5, listen to what Paul says. So then does he who provides you with the Holy Spirit and works miracles among you, do it by the works of law or by hearing with faith? And so the answer, of course, is hearing with faith. And, you know, I don't think he's just talking about specific promises here. We have faith in a promise. Our hearing comes because we are totally surrendered to the person of Jesus Christ. Our faith in him is so focused on his heart, his will, his goodness, his love. And when our heart, that kind of faith is working in our heart, our ears are open to hear his voice. Isn't it great not to have an agenda with God? We trust him so much, we love him so much, we're just surrendered to him. We live that way. Hallelujah. One of the things that how God uses me in ministry is to move with the manifestation of the glory of God. And this is my testimony, so it doesn't have to you know, be your testimony. And I'm not here for a doctrinal debate, but you know, there's times when the, when the glory of the Lord will come into manifestation in meetings. I've held meetings in Saskatchewan, Ontario, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, North Dakota, 
And it's so wonderful. The same Holy Spirit is working wherever God's people are. Hallelujah. I'm just going to, you know, you, some of you may have heard some of these accounts before, but I just want to uh, mention some of them because they kind of stuck out, came to the forefront of my thinking the last couple of weeks. I was in Canada, we were, we had started a church there and anyway, there were some people from Minneapolis that had come up and were visiting and the lady had spoken in the area. But anyway, somehow we got connected and we were, this four of us visiting in the sanctuary of our building and they were talking, you know, visiting back and forth and talking and I'm, I'm a listener, so I was listening <laughs> and all of a sudden, I looked over in the corner of the sanctuary and the glory of the Lord began to come into manifestation. The cloud of the glory came. And, and it was just there, you know. He was just there. And so we kept talking for about five minutes. And all of a sudden, when the, the fellow said, he mentioned that he had had a chronic back uh, issue for 20 years because of an injury. And I said, oh, maybe that's what God wants to do. And I said, I saw the glory come in about five minutes ago. And right when I said it, the Holy Spirit witnessed with, I could just feel their hearts rise up in expectancy. And when we minister in, in the glory of God, we minister healing or whatever, it's not just about us. God is working on both sides. He's, he works through us to pray a prayer. When, when Paul was preaching, he looked out and he saw that the man had faith to be healed. Wow. But the man wasn't experiencing the healing until Paul proclaimed to him, stand up on your feet. And the man leaped up and watched. And, and so there's such a, a cooperation that God's bringing. You know, it's our part, but then it's the receiver's part, the person in need. And I just felt their hearts leap up within them. And so we prayed and God healed him in five minutes. Totally healed him. And it was just interesting. He, they went back to Minneapolis and uh, two days later I got a call and he said, we have a lady who works cleaning our house and she has, I don't, I don't know, she was born deformed with, in, her, in her back and legs. She said, we want you to pray for her. So they want me to do this over the phone. And the guy says, I'll, I'll take her legs. You want me to start pulling? I said, no. <laughs> so I, I take legs, uh, grab people's legs, hold them up. And God's begins to do adjustments or whatever. But he says, you want me to start pulling? Because you thought that's what I had done with him, you know. I said, no, 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 you know. And, but we prayed for a little bit. And, and her legs began to, to move as her back was being adjusted. And God totally healed her. She went out to get into her car and she had to move her seat back because her legs didn't fit anymore. <laughs> wow. We serve a miracle God. And one thing we need, that I've learned is that when the glory of the Lord comes into manifestation, we just don't rush to do something. Sometimes we get such a pattern of prayer. We just jump in and pray a prayer of faith, you know and quote the word and pray the prayer of faith. 
But if we want to allow God to have his full weight, we need to be a little more patient sometimes. Amen. Hallelujah. We had a lady a few years ago that came for prayer. And I, it was a Wednesday night, but, you know, I just met her. wasn't even in the meeting. Just was talking to her. She says, I'm depressed. I have anxiety. And so, well, I, I said, well, come, let's pray. And I grabbed Sue Van Tassel, and she came and prayed with me. And as we were sitting there and talking to the lady a little bit, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit witnessed one word she said. And here what had happened was that her husband had threatened her, pulled a knife on her, threatened to kill her, and totally traumatized her. And not only did fear come into her, trauma that, from that fear, but also over time a spirit had entered in and taken hold with strength of that, of that thing. And she wound up being in mental institutions off and on <clears throat> over the years, you know. And we, we just began to pray for her. And all of a sudden, that thing began to manifest and was screaming. And I said, be quiet. <laughs> and it wouldn't be quiet. <laughs> but anyway, we prayed. And, and all of a sudden, she had never been filled with the Spirit, but we prayed and prayed and commanded that thing to come out. And she just began to speak in tongues at the top of her of her lungs and shout hallelujah, glory to God. God totally set her free from all that uh, destruction that was working internally. Outwardly she looked fine, happy, whatever, but internally the struggle was going on. Jesus set her free. Months later I'd run into her at a grocery store or something and she'd throw up her hands and give me a big hug, you know. And I'm from northern Minnesota, so I'm, you know, a little bit. <laughs> Two years later, she, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Whom the sun sets free is what? Free indeed. When we move with the Holy Spirit, he does miracles in people's lives. There are, there are some people here in our congregation that God is calling you to, to take to, to make a miracle ministry a focus for your future. I began to cry out for the things of the Spirit in 1977. Healing, word of knowledge, the serving of spirits, those are the three things that I desired along with prophecy. But you arrive where you're aiming and for me, it worked out that I have spent thousands of hours walking the sanctuary, praying, asking for God's glory to come and, and move and to set people free and encounter them in the deepest parts. You know, when the glory comes, it's not only miracles that happen, like healing and things, but also there, the glory comes, the word of God has life and greater power to impact and just get into our hearts Hallelujah. When the glory comes, we, we, we come into new levels of worship. Isn't it great to be in that spontaneous place with God? 
We're caught up with him. The Holy Spirit moves and he brings to us unique, special visitations. Some of the places I've ministered at, you know, they're a little more eccentric than I am. <laughs> and some of the manifestations in the meetings, you know, are a little bit different and I'm not always comfortable with it. They're not sinful or anything, but they're just a lot more active. You know, like I say, I'm from northern Minnesota, you know, so. But I was, I was praying, to, I went uh, to a, do a healing three, three days, or I think it was a healing, but the pastor was there, the wife was there, and she had a really severe shoulder problem. And she couldn't raise, I think one, one arm, she couldn't raise it above her, you know, above parallel. And she asked for prayer. So I just went and stood before her. I didn't lay hands on her, didn't touch her. I was just waiting. You know, sometimes you stand there, you wait, you look through the eyes of your spirit. You're waiting to see what the eyes of your spirit will catch. And so I'm just standing there, didn't do anything. And all of a sudden, her arm starts going, you know, you know just like this for about five minutes. And I thought, well, you know, that's weird. <laughs> And so I thought, well, you know, I didn't pray. I just waited, you know. And, and then I thought, well, I'll pray when she's done, I guess, you know. And when she did that, she was completely healed. I didn't ever pray for her. Hallelujah. Afterwards, when she was going home, she told her, her husband, you know, Pastor Dean really did, he took my hand and did some really weird things with my arm. <laughs> I thought she was a little bit, whatever, and she thought I was a little bit. <laughs> but sometimes God just does things, you know. Why does he do it that way? Because he's God. He's expressive. He's glorious. And sometimes those kind of things are the things that the person deeply needs to encounter. Not only for healing, but it also does something in the development of the person. Amen. In that same meeting, after the service was over, I was walking back and a grandmother was there and she, you know, just greeted me and she said, can you pray for my granddaughter? And I said, well, you know, what, what's the need? And she said, she's just getting her uh, permanent teeth in and she's starting to lose some of her baby teeth. But she, she has ground all her teeth right to the right to the gums and we don't want this to happen to her permanent teeth and so I just we just in Jesus name we command that to stop and three years later I was shopping somewhere and she recognized me and, and she you remember me well no <laughs> but she said the day we prayed she was completely delivered from grinding her teeth. And again, that's not like a spectacular thing, but it's something significant to the family. Amen? So it's not only spectacular things that we're looking, we just want God's glory to reach into people's lives and bring change. Hallelujah. I was called to, to preach at a uh, a church had been Presbyterian. I think maybe I've shared some of this before, but uh, and 
and now it was community church, but it kept a lot of that same feeling of a Presbyterian church. I was raised Presbyterian. And so a few months before this, I, I had an evangelist into the church in Saskatchewan where we were, and he had laid his hands on me and asked the Lord to impart to me the, the ability to pray for backs that, he, that God had given him. And it just started working into my life. And it was not like anything I had ever experienced before. I mean, it was just, God just did it, you know. And so I was at this uh, church and I began to pray for people. And up to this time, every person I had prayed for with, with, those, with, that, with back problems was healed. I mean, it wasn't like thousands, but <laughs> every person was healed. Amen. And I went to this church and we started praying for people. And there must have been, you know, maybe not a lot, maybe 15 people came up for prayer. And everyone, were, all of them were being healed. Everyone was being healed by the power of God. And then one lady came up and the first time that it didn't work. <laughs> she had a bitterness in her heart. Her heart was hard and closed. Amen. And so, you know, when God does miracles among us, he wants that, that, that faith to be pure towards the person of Jesus Christ. We're living in the light. And God will heal people that are not saved or whatever. But yet, when we're walking with him, there's a demand that we, that we have to keep in step with, to keep that door open. We have to have forgiveness in our life. We can't hold on to anger and bitterness and rage, jealousy. Amen. And this one fellow came up and he was like in his late, you know, late 70s. Back then it was like an old fellow. <laughs> it doesn't seem that way now so much. <laughs> but he came up for prayer and, he was, and his testimony was that he was, he was one of the last people in the United States that had been affected with polio in the 50s before the vaccine came. And so he had lived in chronic pain. And I had him sit down in the chair and he stretched his legs out and one leg was at least 10 inches shorter than the other. And so I don't think it was just a back that needed to be, you know, readjusted. Sometimes that'll have, it's just the back that's out of place but I think there was something wrong in his hips and, and structurally with his legs. But anyway, I began to pray, you know, and all of a sudden, that leg came out and it, it went way beyond the other one by 10 inches, I mean. <laughs> and then it went back, and often when I pray for people, that's what happens. The legs go back and forth. I can count the vertebrae as God begins to move up the back, uh, up the spine. And when it hits the one that's damaged, there'll be a greater movement. And so it takes time sometimes to uh, see these things worked out. But anyway, when God did that and it came back, he began to shout out, all the pain is gone. I mean, Presbyterian Church, all the pain is gone. I had him stand up and his wife stood up and said, and just shouted out, he's never stood that straight before. Hallelujah. God, by his glory, desires to change lives. We're not looking for experiences. We're looking for transformation in the lives of people.
Hallelujah. And it was interesting, you know, I was, the congregation just kind of sat there and stared. Nobody, you know, they, inside they may have been rejoicing, but this is northern Minnesota, you know. <laughs> and anyway, we, we went, uh, I was leaving, and there was a fellow, and he was just standing staring out the window, and I could tell that he was like, I don't know what I've seen today, you know. God wants to raise people's experiences with him. He wants to take them out of the ruts of religion where they've just been, been going on day after day after day without the glorious encounter with who he is. We serve a loving God. We serve a loving God. Amen. Amen. Isn't it great to move with the glory of God? And so when Paul prayed, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be opened, that we might know him, we might know his love. There, there is a real dynamic to the realm of the spirit. God wants us, you may not have discerning experience where you actually see the glory or you see the demonic things. That may not be your calling, but God wants your eyes or your heart to be open so that you can know and catch what God is doing and surrender to him and cooperate with him. Let me just share one more account here. I had a call from a lady quite a few years ago and she had been working in the healthcare uh, industry and she was in the management part of it. And anyway, <clears throat> excuse me, she, she said something happened and she had no energy. She couldn't walk hardly at all without losing her breath, you know. And so she went to the doctor, they put her on a, did a treadmill and did all that whole thing of tests. And they said, you need like a triple bypass. And she was a younger lady, you know. And, and so she said, she called and asked for prayer. So I prayed with her and the presence of God came, you know. But she didn't feel any better. So two days later, I called her again. And we prayed and the glory of the Lord came. But she didn't feel any better. Third day, I called her and the glory of the Lord came. We just prayed for five minutes. Get in the glory, you know, water that thing and just see what God will do. She didn't feel any better. The fourth day I called her, began to pray, and all of a sudden, I saw a balloon in her heart. I mean, this is in the spirit, you know, so it wasn't a literal balloon. But all of a sudden, I heard it pop. And the moment it popped, I felt the weight of, that, of, the, of the concussion myself. But the very moment I heard it, she just let out a hallelujah. She was instantly healed. Wow. We serve a risen God. And often people don't receive because we don't step in and fight the fight with them. Well, I want to stand with somebody until they're healed, until it's manifest. I want to pray and pray and seek the Lord until we don't have to pray anymore. 
God has certain ones that he's calling to make this a, 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 a focus, not the only focus, but a focus of your heart. So you can develop these things. So you can, you can learn to cooperate with him and you can learn the nuances of his voice and, and learn to be precise. He wants to increase our expectation as a congregation where we open up our heart for him to move by his glory and bring, far, bring greater heights in worship for us to experience. To bring words that are life-changing, words of wisdom and knowledge and exhortation that just strike hearts to the very core. Not every meeting is to be like a miracle meeting, of course, but yet there's so many things that he wants to do when his glory comes and we want to have our hearts prepared to move with him. And everyone said, Father God, today I thank you that you are real, that you're here, that you're living, that you're active. We, I just lift up all the needs here, Father. I thank you that your spirit is, is ready and he's, he's just desiring to, to move into that heart and to bring total relief, deliverance, help. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's remember the, the, our brother Gideon who's here and be prepared. Thank you for sharing. Hallelujah. So let's just love each other today. God bless you. And we'll have uh, Wayne come to the back and uh, receive that offering. And uh, there's not a meal today, but there is coffee and goodies, though. Some really good goodies. So.